our Parsha features the seminal story of Hodah Thanksgiving. When, when Le'imenu mothers her fourth child, Yehuda, she says, Hapamodas Hashem. This time I will thank Hashem, and hence she calls him Yehuda, meaning Thanksgiving. This episode, says the Gemara, is the very first time an individual gave Hoda thanksgiving to Hashem. Now, the Gemara is certainly not to be taken literal that no one before had ever prayed, had ever thanked Hashem. It's unfathomable to believe that the great Tzadikim and Tzadkanias who preceded Leah lived life as ingrates without thanking Hashem. Rather, the Gemara means there is some deeper meaning to Hoda Thanksgiving, which was first introduced by Leah in this story. So I would like to distill, to bring to light, what is this unique character of Thanksgiving first brought to light by Leah? And I would like to understand as well why it is particularly Leah. Leah with her distinctive character and personality who brings this ideal of Hoda Thanksgiving to light. So let's begin with understanding the very word and phrase Hoda Thanksgiving. From the word Moda, which means to admit or confess, it is the assumption of a subservient position, as in one who is admitting to something. Because when we give thanksgiving, we are assuming the humble position of dependency, acknowledging that we need our benefactor. We would not have received the great gift by dint of our own efforts. And this meaning of Huta is reflected in the above citation from Leah. Because she says upon the birth of Yehuda, Hapam, this time, upon the birth of this fourth child, Odas Hashem, I will thank Hashem. Rashi explains from a mathematical perspective. Yaakov has four wives, Leah, Rachel, Bilazopa, and is destined to rear 12 Shvatim, which would mean that each wife ought to bear three children. So three children would seem deserved, would seem like the chalak, the portion of each one. Here where Leah has mothered a fourth, she says, this is Yoser Michalki, this is more than my portion, and therefore I will give thanksgiving to Hashem. Well, now we understand that more than simply an additive, an extra reason to thank Hashem. The notion of Yosir Michalki, more than my portion, goes to the essence of what Hoda is all about. Hoda is the acknowledgement. I do not deserve this. I am not earning this blessing by right. It is not my chalak, my portion. It is from you, Hashem, alone. Now, I would suggest that this expression of Hodan Leah's part is not an isolated episode, but is rather illuminative to her. 
how to see her life in general. And let me explain. When Leia sees so clearly upon the birth of Yehuda, I am getting way beyond what I deserve. She now sees all blessings of Hashem, including the prior blessings, previous children and the like, which might have been understood as hers by right. Now she sees, in fact, it is Hashem alone given me. In the moment of clarity, where Yosser Michalki, more than my portion, is so overt and obvious, now she sees the great principle of Klum. I don't deserve anything. In truth, everything I receive from Hashem is Yosser Michalki, more than my portion, and therefore all we could do is humbly thank Hashem in Huda. And of course, many people find this very difficult to do, to express a sense of utter dependency. But when we reach that humble position, we are rewarded with the fulfilling sense of clarity and the fulfilling sense of care, cared for by Hashem. We are cradled by Hashem in this realization. He is taking care of us. We are not matzliach successful by dint of our own efforts. We don't need to be propping ourselves up. It is He who is propping us up. Digging deeper, I think we can now begin to understand why it is Leia specifically who models the concept of Huta. And this becomes apparent when we study the Leia versus Rachel persona. Tikkuni Zohar and other Kabbalistic sources teach that Leia and Rachel are truly larger than life. They are more than mere mortal individuals. Rather, they embody something cosmic. Namely, the way the Jewish people elicit Brachos from Hashem in two different ways. On one hand, Rachel represents when we elicit Bracha from Hashem due to righteousness by virtue of our merit. That is Rachel. The Leah model, however, is that even when we are unworthy, even when we are undeserving, Hashem gives us bracha simply because he is so committed to us. By sheer devotion and in his deep connection to us, lamalam and hasechel for above comprehensible reasons. This symbolism to Rachel and Leah, deserving versus undeserving means of accessing blessing from Hashem, I believe is rooted in the simple story of Rachel and Leah and each one's respective relationship to Yaakov Avinu. Because Rachel, on one hand, was beautiful and attractive, Yafas Torah, Yafas Mara, and she was the one who Yaakov Avinu desired. So therefore, she symbolizes when the 
great maiden, so to speak. Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish people, find favor in their suitor's eyes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by virtue of their spiritual attractiveness, their spiritual beauty, their spiritual worthiness, just as Yaakov desires Rachel because she is so desirous. Hashem desires us and bestows bracha upon us because we are oh so fitting in his eyes. Leah, however, who is wanting in her appearance, Ve'eni Leah Rakos, and who is not the one Yaakov desires? But yet, ultimately, she ends up Yaakov's wife. Ve'eni Baboker, Ve'arehi Leah. She's there and she's there to stay. Somehow, some way, she ends up connected to Yaakov. Her personal want- wantingness notwithstanding. So she represents when we feel wanting, spiritually wanting. Is Hashem really attracted to us? We're lacking. But nonetheless, He is connected to us. He is committed to us. And now, seeing Leah this way, so to speak, as that human face that readily accessible image in a Leirakos of when we feel deficient, when we carry stigmas and doubt. How does Hashem look at me? What favor am I carrying in Hashem's eyes? But ultimately, He comes through for us. Nonetheless, now we can begin to understand why it is Leah who models the idea of Hota. When one acknowledges, Hashem, it is you alone providing for me. I am not earning by dint of my own efforts. Oh, Leah knew oh so well. She would not be married to Yaakov and be mothering children here by virtue of her own merit, by virtue of what seemed. This seemed like the most unlikely relationship she has to Yaakov, who had initially favored her sister over her. It is oh so clear, Hashem, you alone are pulling the strings here. So here we have a resonant understanding of why Leah models the Huda ideal for us. But one can ask the question, does this Mida, does this attribute of Leah, of unconditional giving on Hashem's part, does that mean that Midas Hadin Justice is not a factor at all. Hashem just gives and gives and gives without taking into account behavior. I mean, that can't be. The Torah says again and again that Hashem's brachas are tied to our behavior. As we say in the Shema every day, V'hayim Shema Tishma, if we obey mitzvot, then it will rain. The truth is, the Leah story itself addresses this point. Because in the birth of a subsequent son, as Leah invests more energy and more efforts to make larger her brood, her children, 
And she enlists Zilpah, her servant, to be a surrogate mother on her behalf with Yaakov. And then she barters her dudam flowers from Rachel to spend another night with Yaakov. Well, then when she has a child, Yisachar, she names him Yisachar from the word schar reward, saying, Hashem nasamli schari, I see Hashem is giving me my reward. This child is, because, is based on a reward, is, is due to Hashem's rewarding me because I was ready to share my husband with Zilpah, my maidservant. Now, schar, reward from Hashem, is a phenomena of judgment, of din. Hashem gives when we deserve it, no? So how ironic that it is Leah who is representing in Kabbalah Hashem's unconditional commitment to us, who sees in her own life, schar, that Hashem is giving her as a reward for her behavior. But clearly there is no contradiction here. While in the immediate sense... The formula and the protocol of how Hashem gives us blessings corresponds to our behavior. Hashem is giving her a child at the time that she had done something heroic, sharing the coveted relationship with her husband, in turn with her maidservant, Zilpah. That is in the immediate sense. But in the big picture, it is so clear that her behavior does not per se justify the great schar which she's receiving. Because, of course, on the most fundamental level, as we said before, she would not have any relationship to Yaakov. She would not be here in the first place by virtue of who she is and her own sense of wantingness in Yaakov's eyes. She is here. She is a wife to Yaakov with the possibility to have children only due to Hashem's unconditional chesed. Yes, the formula in, in the immediate sense in which the schar materializes is when she does good things, is when she shares her husband. So likewise for all of us, yes, we do meisim tovim, we do good things. Appreciating there will be corresponding schar. But we recognize that that correspondence, that equation of mida knek and mida is relative in its nature. It's in the immediate sense. Ultimately, from a big picture perspective, by virtue of our behavior, we don't per se deserve anything we're getting. It's way in excess of anything we deserve. One final element to this understanding of Leia, modeling the Huda ideal for us, the ideal of understanding Hashem, it is all from you. And we humbly submit to you in gratitude and thanks. Well, that is a final confusion which ought to be laid to rest. One might think that this dependence on Hashem, this reliance on Hashem, means that one can be passive and disengaged. After all, I am not meriting by dint of my own efforts. It is Hashem who is given to me. So I could check out, I don't need to do my hishtalas. Of course that is untrue. And it is actually oh so clear from the story of Leah herself. When we study and appreciate 
the efforts which she is exerting, what she is investing to build a family here, both in the way she arranges for her maidservant to be a surrogate mother and the lengths with which she goes to barter via her dudam flowers and another not to spend another night with Yaakov. It is so clear she is giving her dream her all. And yet she is Moda. And yet she acknowledges Hashem it is from you alone. It is our responsibility to give our dreams, our spiritual dreams, our great aspirations, we need to give it our all with the knowledge that even after we give it our all, Hashem it is from you alone. 100% hishtadlus does not contradict 100% bitachon, 100% of total investiture of effort on our part, with the knowledge that's still at the end of the day, it's 100% from Hashem alone. This partnership between Hashem and man, 100% hishtadlus, 100% bitachon, 100% human effort, and yet 100% acknowledgement, Hashem, it is from you alone is reflected by a final textual pattern which I would like to share. And that is when we study the above-cited birth of Yisachar, when Leah mothers Yisachar. And she names him Yisachar from the word schar. And the explicit schar is in reward. And the explicit explanation given in the Pasuk is, she is saying, Hashem, you have rewarded me. You are giving me reward here via this child because I shared my husband with my maidservant Zilpah. However, it is also clear in the context of this Pasuk that she is referring to another reward as well when she names her child Yisachar. Because immediately prior, two Pesach and before she had said, in, when she conceived Yisachar, she had given schar as in payment. She had bartered the night to spend the night with Yaakov. She bartered it for Hududam flowers. She had invested capital payment as in the word schar. It's unmistakable in context that here, after stressing that she had given schar payment, barter payment of Dudan to spend the night with Yaakov. When she calls the child Yisachar, meaning payment or reward, it's unmistakable that she is acknowledging her own payments, her own capital which she invests. And yet the Pasuk, this Pasuk explicitly speaks of Hashem as giving the schar. Ha, she says, Hashem, the birth of Yisachar is you doling out schar to me, you doling out reward to me. That actually the name Yisachar as in reward payment is a double entendre of sorts in a master literary technique of the Torah here. It's a double entendre. Hashem is giving schar. Hashem is the one behind the birth of Yisachar, and yet at the same time, Leah herself gave schar, gave a payment for the birth of this child. Both are at work, Hashem and Leah, equally to birth this child. 
The schar, the payment, the investiture, the capital is on both part. That is the double entendre fully intended to bring out this great message. The partnership of our effort, along with Hashem, the acknowledgement it is ultimately Hashem who is giving. All brought together here in the story of Leah, the aim, the mother, who exemplifies the ideal of Hodah, of total acknowledgement, Hashem, it is from you alone. Because, as we've studied, Leah's ideal of Hodah, total dependence on Hashem, is not to the exclusion of human effort. It is with a full commitment on the human being's part. I am going to give the dream my all. I am going to give the aspiration my all. But yet the acknowledgement. Oda es Hashem. Hashem, it is from you alone. So now, with this cohesive tapestry we have woven together, the pieces come together. We have an Ishama level understanding of Leah. And what she is all about. And we can aspire to her model of Hodah. To seeing Hashem's unconditional commitment to us. How really it is He alone giving to us. All of us. All the successes which we've achieved in life. It is so clear. The Hashkacha. It is Hashem who is pulling the strings here. But yet that does not dispensate us from giving it our all in this great partnership of Heshtadlus along with Bitachan, of human effort along with reliance on Hashem. And that is Leah's perfect ideal of Oda as Hashem. Thank you very much.